Hello and welcome to Lawyerish, a podcast for the people. Uh, Lawyerish is a safe place to learn, grow, inspire, and be inspired. So come along and ride on this fantastic voyage. Let us go be great together. I'm Brandon J. Wallace, Esquire, and I'll be your captain. It's a whole vibe, and I sure am glad you're here. This podcast is brought to you by Apex, where aptitude meets excellence. Let's get right into it with Duly Noted. In Duly Noted this week, I'm going to tackle a hot-button issue. I want to know what you think. It's Miss Leah Thomas of the University of Pennsylvania. She won big at the women's 200-meter freestyle swimming race at the Zippy Invitational in Akron, Ohio, back in December, December 21. She shattered the school's all-time record and established the nation's best time. She could be, if she continues to win, uh, the first NCAA Division One swimming Division One swimming's transgender All-American and/or national champion. Uh, the championships are to be held in March of 2022 in Atlanta. I have a take on this, and I once again know what you think as well. Uh, I'm going to keep it authentic, and I hope you will do the same. Uh, first, let me just say that I am 100% behind LGBTQ rights and freedoms, uh, including serving in the military and working any job they please, uh, being free in general to live, love, and grow as they please or as we please. But when it comes to sports, it's an absolutely not for me. I just don't think it's fair. Uh, and in some sports, it's just absolutely dangerous. Picture this. Uh, my little girl or, or yours takes up boxing as I have. And under my tutelage, uh, she gets better and she wins uh, and she wants to compete. Uh, she shows up to the ring one day and across from her is a transgender person presenting as female. In theory, uh, her opponent has or would have more testosterone, could possibly be taller, maybe faster, likely faster, likely stronger, of course, there are exceptions to the rule, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every uh, man is faster or stronger, etc. cetera. Uh, but in theory, that is the case. Um, and these advantages are availed to men. This is the very reason why there are separate categories. Uh, the separate categories were created. Is really to provide men and women an opportunity to compete against other men and women uh, as fairly as possible based on the similar body type and ability. Um, and so to allow uh, a transgender person presenting as female uh, to compete against other females, other biological women, uh, I just don't think that's fair. I think that's an unfair advantage. And as we see, women's records are being broken unfairly, in my opinion, by a person with a particular advantage. A transgender person, um, however, that uh, presents as male wants to compete uh, 
against presenting, so let's just say it this way, a transgender person presenting as male, if that person wanted to compete in the men's category, I kind of support that. So I'm a little, I'm a little conflicted, but I think it's easier. It's, it's a little, it makes more sense to me if uh, someone wants to uh, compete in a harder, a theoretically harder category. I wouldn't advise it, but hey, if that person, transgender person presenting as male, wanted to do that, I'm okay with that. Um, transgender uh, person presenting as female competing against women, I just don't think that's a fair fight. But what's the solution then? Should Miss uh, Miss Leah, should she, uh, Miss Leah Thomas, should she, you know, stop swimming? Should she not have an opportunity to to compete? And I say no. She's got a right to live, to compete, and chase her passion and pursue her dreams. She should compete as a college student, uh, and she should continue to win. I'm actually quite proud of her, impressed by uh, the work that she's been able to do. Um, so she should be able to do that, but we've got to make it fair. Um, and so what do you do? My, my solution Create a transgender category, just like we have men's and women's categories. Uh, create a transgender category that allows transgender people to compete in the sport of their choosing. That way, there's no unfair advantage. <laughs> and, and what a show it would be, right? I would certainly watch. And I got friends who I know would tune in, too. Uh, what are your thoughts, though? Do you agree? Am I clueless? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, send your feedback to lawyerish at apexgroupdc.com. Until then, I wish Miss Thomas the best of luck. She should keep competing, and we'll see where uh, the chips fall. That's just my two cents, and this has been duly noted. We'll be right back with Lawyerish. Welcome back, and we are heading right into our lawyer-ish segment. I'm so excited to have my friend, my colleague, my study partner, <laughs> all of the above, uh, joining us uh, in our first, uh, or really our second uh, installment of Lawyer-ish. If you all recall, last uh, week I was on, we talked about sort of the work that I do as a general practitioner. But we're really now getting to the meat of lawyer-ish, right? We want to hear from fantastic lawyers who are doing fantastic work uh, and joining us on our fantastic voyage, right? So Nicole Goodman Johnson, actually it's just Johnson, right? <laughs> Nicole Johnson, I used to know you as Goodman, uh, is now Nicole Johnson. Welcome to Lawyer-ish. Uh, we are so happy to have you. Uh, for those of you who do not know Nicole, she's a graduate of Howard University um, and uh, went to Howard twice, right? You've got your undergrad, your bachelor's in psychology, you got a master's in social work, uh, and then you went to law school at UDC with me. Uh, actually, we met, we were at Howard the same time, and we met uh, in, uh, what was it, LSAT prep class, that's right. <laughs> Um, that's when our the torture began for us, uh, but, but you know, somehow we, we made it through, right? We were able to like uh, really lean on each other uh, to get through the difficulties of both pre-law school and law school, and now even like the difficulties of practicing uh, attorneys uh, right here in the nation's capital. So 
Um, welcome again. So glad to have you, my friend. I love you to death. You used to cook Sunday dinners. Like you, you, you took care of me. <laughs> I mean, you know, even though you, you avoided this relationship for many, many months. That is true. I <laughs> You like okay no we're this we're doing this like <laughs> you like we are doing this friendship we are gonna and you actually you actually you did <laughs> you said you said we did, I didn't even know which law school I was going to yet and you you knew that right and. <laughs> We sat next to each other in LSAT class. Like you were not playing. Like this is like I, I know it, and I love that. You know, you like you knew what was up, and it was like we're doing this, so let's run it. And here we are. And here we are. That's right. That's that's right. Look at the Lord. Right? Won't He do it? Um. <laughs> um so, folks, uh, Nicole Johnson Esquire um, is. The, the chief operating officer, the uh, managing director, the founder <laughs> of uh, Trusted Trademarks and Contracts. And she's going to talk to us today about her company, talk to us about uh, why trademarks imp are important, what they are. She's going to kind of give us a little, just a little bit. We're not going to give the people too much, uh, but we just want to... Uh, we want to uh, just share a little bit about what you do and why. Um, so why, let's start there. What is Trusted Trademarks and Contracts? What do you do? Uh, you know, what's, what's the idea behind uh, your firm? So at Trusted Trademarks and Contracts, I help business owners and social media influencers protect their brands. And I do that with federal trademark registration and ready-to-use contracts and um, the goal for that is to basically make these legal services that are typically um, too expensive for the average person starting out to bring that down to an affordable level and put all the, the education and guidance, remove the legalese and put it into terms that everybody can understand. I love that. All right. And I think that's actually, um, that's sort of one of the sort of principles of my company as well, right? Where we, we sort of make legal services available to people who generally feel like uh, legal services are a luxury, right? They're not a luxury. These are, you guys, I tell people all the time, right? You're going to pay a legal bill one way or the other. And it's much better if you do it on the front end, uh, engage an attorney on the front end, rather than waiting till something happens, till, till, Till ish hits the fan, right? <laughs> it's better to, to engage us on the front end so we can help protect and insulate your uh, your work and your your priorities, right? Yep. Um, yep. So, how long have you been in business? Did, why did you start? Uh, why did you go into trademarks? Uh, why don't you just share a little bit of your background on, on that front? Sure. Um, so, I am, I guess, a actually a serial entrepreneur mm. at this point. I've always enjoyed working for myself. I've always had like a side hustle going on. Um, and through that, I learned about the need, of course, for contracts and trademark registration. Usually it was through trial and error, but once I became an attorney, I decided, oh, okay, I can figure this stuff out for myself. Um, and even with my bar license, even with my legal experience, it was very difficult to 
understand everything. You know, I had to go read case law. I had to talk to other attorneys. I had to talk to experts in the field just to figure out how to take care of these things for myself. And um, also as a small business owner, I also try to make sure that I'm always working with other small business Mm -hmm. owners, particularly black and brown small business owners. And what I ran into in doing that was that most of the the vendors I was using, they didn't have sound contracts. They weren't um, doing trademark searches on their name. So they were essentially committing trademark infringement Mm -hmm. and opening themselves up to be in a ton of trouble and essentially lose those businesses that I knew they were working so hard to maintain and the businesses that were making like a big difference in their families Mm. and the outcomes for their families. And I wanted to try to protect that for them. So I basically spent half my time during the pandemic um, when it first started, because we're what, two, three years in? Yeah, I mean, who knows now? Is there... (laughs) 37 years ago. background I was a family law attorney um, and during some downtime from the pandemic because courts were closed I was just helping the small businesses that I had already worked with um, and my husband was like okay you're you know you basically spending 40 hours a week doing this you need to start charging people and make this part of your practice and so I did that and I realized that I loved it you know, right. I really I get so much joy from helping from helping people like really just thrive. Um, and for me, the motivation comes from seeing the impact that being a business owner has on my own life. So hmm. uh, my daughter has some some very unique needs and in order to accommodate those needs, we homeschool her full time. So of course I can't run a traditional law firm and be in court all day and homeschool my kids. Yeah, that doesn't work. But I can do that if I own my own firm. You know, if I'm setting my own hours, if I'm deciding the the constraints on my time, I can do the things that I need to do and be present for my family. I can say no, I cannot answer my phone during mealtimes, all those things <laughs> that I like to do. I can do when I'm doing it for myself. And then the earning potential is, of course, unlimited yeah. um, because you get to set those benchmarks. And so for my little family, that has been life-changing. And the clients that I serve, they have similar motivation. Um, and I just, I want them to thrive. Like, I don't want them to be in the you know, the 20% of companies that fail within the first five years because they were using somebody else's name. Yeah. Or because, you know, somebody filed a lawsuit and they had to settle and they gave up everything. Or they didn't have an LLC and they lost their house because they were just running a sole Yeah, because there's nothing to separate it. You know, that's so interesting because that that leads right into my next space, right, that that I wanted to touch on because you mentioned it. And I think that's really scary for uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, right? And part of the the purpose of this podcast is to empower people, uh, particular entrepreneurs, right? We, we, I mean, doesn't have not obviously not limited to that, but that part of what we do is focused on entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs and what you mentioned is it's like okay wait a minute so are you telling me that if uh i start my business i have my business for 10 years for five years uh i'm making money i succeed uh and then you know all, all of a sudden because i didn't trademark my name or my logo 
someone else can take my business down? Like, is that, I mean, is that a, a real consequence for folks who, who don't trademark their? That is a real consequence. I actually have a, a current client. Um, this person has been running a successful business for 11, 12, 13 years. Wow. Um, and so my client knew that there was another company who had the same name. Um, but there were never any issues between the two of them. They were in different parts of the country. Uh, basically, two years ago, the other company decided to expand online. So they're now engaged in you know what we consider interstate commerce. Mm. Um, they're direct competitors. The other company trademarked the name. Um, my client didn't know about it, but she decided this year that she's going to trademark. I went to search, and the first thing that popped up is this other company. So she has to do an entire rebrand. Um, and if she doesn't, the other company can definitely sue her, um, require her to take down everything. And you know, if it made it to court, that other company would have legal grounds to basically ask for all the money that my client made using that business name. Wow. Because it's their, name, it's their trademark. I mean, that, I mean, that kind of thing happens. You don't typically see it getting that far with small businesses, what you will typically see is the small business having to do a complete rebrand. But for a small business, that's it. Like that could take you out of the game entirely, especially yeah. if you built, you know, your whole reputation on that name and you have to give that up. It's just, it can be detrimental. And then the money you spend, you got to change your website. You got to change your logo. You got to change everything. And this person is in retail. Mm. So she has like products in stores. She's got to make sure that those stores know that this new name she's going to change to is still her. And, you know, all of that stuff that goes along with that, that's going to be an expensive process for her. Yeah, and not to mention sort of still being able to connect with the consumer, right? And know that so that they know uh, that they yeah. can continue to buy the product. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that's, that's a tough one. We want to make sure we actually, like, avoid that kind of thing, right? So that's, a, I, would that, would you say that that's probably been one of your sort of uh, worst encounters when it comes to uh, this trademarking work? Or is there is there something else that you could share with the people that would be a, a, like a, a, what do you, what do you call that? A, a, a warning, right? Uh, there's a... That is probably the worst one I've run into. But for me, what's concerning is that at least 90% of my trademark clients are established businesses and they're coming to me because they've either seen something on social media or they're getting my newsletter. Something has alerted to them that they need to go ahead and do this trademark search. And again, at least 90% of them, they're committing trademark infringement. Mm. And what I'm finding is that if they had done this search in the beginning, they could have chosen a name that wasn't taken. Like if they had had some guidance in the beginning, they wouldn't be in this situation. Um, and so that that is probably the most concerning part for me, that so many people are running their businesses without doing their these very basic checks. Like, these are the things that you need to do before you go file your LLC paperwork. So why don't people know that? Yeah. Um, and then the, the other concerning part is that most of these, these people are black and brown. Yeah. Um, my clients who are not black and brown are the 10%. They're the ones who are coming to me at the very beginning. They're like, I'm starting this business. I need to go ahead and do a trademark search. Can you help? Yeah. And it's just, it's, 
is sad. It is right, and I, I think I, I, you and I, I think we have, uh, in, uh, in addition to all the things that we've discussed that we've shared, we shared this uh, this uh, love uh, for our people and for the community and for service. Right, you have a background of uh, service. You've been on boards. Right, you and I both have uh, just worked to give back. I think that's probably the Howard in us. Um, and by the way, you're, you know, you're from Detroit. And so we know we have, you know, I'm from Memphis, you're from Detroit. We've come from some difficult spaces uh, into DC, which is a difficult space as well, right? Uh, and, but we've, our, we've never lost our commitment to the community. In fact, you and I both were, were scholars. Uh, we got, you know, scholarships from, from UDC because of our uh, commitment to service um, and so that uh, that is actually that's part of the reason for this podcast, right? I really want to uh, make sure that we like, and that's also why it's lawyer-ish, right? We just want to like we want to tone it down like a little bit and bring it right to people's doorsteps so they know that these resources are out there, that uh, folks like you and other lawyers are out there, you and I, right, uh, are out there, and we're, we're providing service and we're here to help. Um, and so I, that, I, that's why I'm so grateful that you're here and that you decided to, to kind of give to us today, uh, drop some knowledge on us. We, we really appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, we'll, we're going to, we're going to kind of bring it on home a little bit. Uh, I've got just a couple of questions for you. What is, if you had some advice other than what you've already given, but maybe it's like some advice for your younger self, right? For, uh, <laughs> you as a, as a, what'd you say? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. Like yesterday. Now, what would you, <laughs> you will see that. I think that that sort of underlines the fact that we're all growing, right? We're doing the best we can and, and, and the Lord is not through with us yet. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I'll let you think about that one, right? I let that one, let that one simmer. Um, I'd also like to know um, a little bit about some of the challenges of um, like being a lawyer, right? Like I think, I think part of also the audience of this podcast are, are people who are in law school, people who may be interested in going to law school. I can't tell you how many calls I get where like, you know, tell me about you know, UDC and being a lawyer, I want to do this and that. Um, so, uh, so we'll, we'll take, you know, the, the second question first, right? Um, you know, some of the challenges that, that you face in being a lawyer, um, and then, you know, some advice you may have given, maybe we can combine those two, right? Some of the advice you may have given your law student self or pre-law school self.
lawyers typically have a reputation of being super smart and you know untouchable um i know for me growing up like in poverty um, there were many many times that my family could have used the help of an attorney that mm. would have completely changed the trajectory of our lives and we didn't have that opportunity we didn't know that it existed lawyers quite frankly didn't look like us and didn't come to our neighborhood unless you know somebody was arrested we didn't know that yeah. there was law outside of criminal law that's facts <laughs> for me i i find myself very often kind of standing in that gap like there's a whole another side of law that we don't know exists um, but unfortunately in this side of law there still aren't a lot of people who look like us you know there aren't a lot of um, black women frankly yeah. business law and so when i'm looking for mentors and i'm looking for people that i can just you know talk to bounce ideas off of they're all my age you yeah know, we're no all that's facts into this boat together we're figuring it out together and we're looking at some of these the major organizations that we would typically be in and get help from and we know right away that no this ain't for me you know mm -hmm. these are not my people i'm gonna be here and i'm gonna glean when i have a real issue like i'm gonna call brandon i'm gonna call Simone. i'm gonna call you know the people in my circle the people who i know have my best interest in facts it's a very small you know bubble of attorneys and it's even a smaller bubble of i guess millennial and minority attorneys so yeah. it often feels like them well just let me just stop you there it's good to just maybe put a pin in the fact that you're not alone right and and you know that right but it does feel that way sometimes right and and i think uh we're gonna address some of that later in our wellness check uh but uh but it's good to know that right it's always good to know that you're not alone sometimes we need to hear it right i feel like sometimes like you know, we may know it, but we may also forget it. And it's like, it's important to hear like, hey, you're not alone. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, please. Let's finish up. Finish your your advice to your younger uh, pre-law or law school self. Mm -hmm. um, that advice would be to push forward with every you know, idea or dream that I had. Mm -hmm. I had basically the vision that I'm, I'm carrying out for my firm now is something that I thought of in law school. Mm -hmm. And I remember sharing with like an advisor, sharing with like a couple mentors, and I was basically told, no, that's not practical. That's not going to work. You need to change the plan. And I listened to that. Had I not listened to that, I would have, I could have started doing what I'm doing, you know, five years ago yeah. instead of just starting now. Um, and so that is, yeah, I think that's my biggest. My biggest thing, you know, if you have a dream, you have an idea, you can push forward with that, um, regardless of what, like, the people who have been there and done that have to say, because they probably just can't see what it is that you can see. So now, you know, five years later, I'm looking at, like, some journal I had from 2014, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> I foresaw the internet popping off and social media being what it was going to be before it did its thing and I had the insight to you know go ahead and I need to trust myself more so when I'm, I'm having my moments I can mm. go back to that page and be like you got this yes. you're right you knew what you were talking about and you had it you had it all along just like you had our relationship pegged you had it pegged all around <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here. Okay. 
Okay, last thing here. We're gonna we gotta wrap it up. We're over time. I've got my people, uh, you know, banging banging clocks and giving me the wrap it up side. So why don't you tell us uh, how do we find you? How do people find you? You got all kind of wonderful social media videos that are out. Uh, how do how do people find you? How do we get to you? So I am on Instagram at trusted underscore trademarks. Um, you can find access to my website there. You can get in touch with me there. Send a DM, send an email. You can see all these free resources, all the things. I am right there. It's trusted underscore trademarks on yes. Instagram. Okay, very good. Also, your website, trustedtrademarks.com. She can be found there. Thank you so, so much, Miss Nicole Johnson Esquire. You are the bomb.com. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, maybe we should have you back again to talk about, to come on our um, uh, sort of Apex highlights so you can talk about some of the businesses you've started and, and, and where you are there. Uh, there'll be plenty of opportunities to come back. Maybe we want to do like a round round table discussion with some other attorneys on on answering, uh, being able to answer some some questions and things from the from the people. There's this won't be the last time. If you come back, we'll have you. Um, we'll certainly be asking. So just don't <laughs> don't hide from us when we come. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right, folks, that's it for now. Stay with us. We'll be right back with the wellness check. Welcome back, friends. It's time for our wellness check. As you know, on this podcast, we value wellness and we recognize that wellness is a lifelong journey. And so we will take the, uh, the time to do a quick wellness check this week. I want to remind you to be kinder to yourself today than you were yesterday. Oftentimes, we are so, so very hard on ourselves. We have dreams and aspirations that we should chase, and we do. But we are often hard on ourselves because we're not where we want to be or not where we think we need to be. And today, remember that you are exactly where you need to be in life. Despite what it looks like and despite how it feels, there's a lesson to be learned in every situation in every space. Give yourself grace. You're doing a great job. You're still here. You're doing the best you can. And you ain't done yet. Don't let the good be the enemy of the great in your life. Progress is better than perfection. There's only one way to eat an elephant, and that's one bite at a time. Shout out to my deltas out there. Now, this is an old adage. I have no idea where it came from, but I have used it to help guide me through law school, uh, the bar exam, and even in my law practice. It simply means that large Herculean tasks are accomplished by step by step by step by step by step, arduous process. Uh, and we tackle them by putting just one foot in front of the other. We'll get there. You'll get there. Take your steps, do what you're doing, and be kinder to yourself today than you were yesterday. That's your wellness check this week, friends. We'll be right back with our Apex Highlight. All right, it is time for our Apex Highlight segment. 
This is the segment where we talk to black business owners and other movers and shakers in any particular field. And today we will talk to founder and CEO of Apex Group, Mr. Brandon J. Wallace. It is yours truly. Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about Apex. Apex is a boutique consulting firm located here in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Uh, we focus on problem solving and strategic planning. And of course, uh, we have an acronym so that you can remember our practice areas. Uh, and it's Be Seemly. And so we do consulting in business and leadership, uh, strategy development, election strategy, uh, ANC relations, uh, messaging, legal planning, and my personal favorite is youth and community engagement. We are problem solvers. Uh, we utilize our vast uh, professional network along with our grassroots and executive level experience in uh, nonprofit, public service, for-profit, uh, and faith-based communities uh, to protect the interests of our clients and make their lives just a little bit easier. Um, if I'm honest, though, Apex uh, was born out of fire and tears and really a sheer will to survive. Um, it was uh, maintained by community and unconditional love. Uh, Apex thrives now uh, because of hard work and lots of support from our team and from, from our partners. Uh, as I reflect on our last four years uh, in being in business, I, I feel immense uh, an immense sense of gratitude. Uh, I was fired actually from my dream job. Um, you know, one day we were talking about uh, promotion and expanding my portfolio, and the next I was packing up my office to start off the new year. Uh, I was devastated. I was crushed. I was hurt and confused and just I totally lost. Uh, I, I left my office not knowing what I was going to do next or who I was in a sense because I had poured so much of myself uh, into um, this great job, this public service job, doing great work and with, you know, some power, some oversight power and influence. And it was just an awesome job that I really enjoyed. Um, I later found out, and I didn't know why, but I later found out that, you know, new leadership decided to clean house, right? And my head was on the, was the first on the chopping block. Damn. <laughs> Double homicide, right? But from the ashes of my professional grief, um, Apex was birthed. Uh, my life was never the same. Uh, and it has not always been easy. I don't say that, say it I started this business and uh, then I was doing great. Now, there was some difficult times, um, some lots of different challenges. Um, and my life, again, was never the same. <laughs> Um, but it was difficult. Uh, you know, lots of businesses, though, they don't make it this long. 
And at times I thought we might not. But I'm grateful I've been able to keep the faith to God be the glory for that. And I've always worked hard to take no client for granted. And that's opened up doors and for me to be able to work in political campaigns and major nonprofits and small nonprofits as well. Uh, work for um, one of my personal favorites, the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame and uh, another congressional uh, candidate to get them on the ballot. Those sorts of things, right, where we were able to engage with the community and get started early on uh, really was very helpful. Um, by definition, Apex is the highest point. Uh, and at the time, it was a, a reflection of where I was uh, going to be, not where I was at that time uh, in my life. Um, Apex Group is my baby. Uh, and it is no doubt um, where aptitude and excellence meet and we meet in order to make sure we serve our clients. And so I'm very proud to um, have survived this past four years and uh, have moved into a space of thriving. Um, and there's lots of work to do, lots of growth for us. Uh, we're not done yet. Um, but as we approach um, our four year anniversary here in February of 2022, um, I am grateful, eternally grateful, um, for every struggle uh, and every uh, hard time uh, because it's uh, made our organization a lot stronger today uh, and we're prepared for the next level. Um, so I'm so uh, pleased to be able to share that uh, as part of uh, uh, this uh, Apex Highlight. Um, and on the, on the show, Lawyerish, this is um, another passion and uh, one that uh, Apex is happy to support um, because uh, we need good content, right? And um, hopefully this meets the standard, either now or in the future. Well, we'll let that be it uh, for our second Apex highlight. Looking forward to many, many more to come. There's some folks that we really are looking forward to hearing from and stories that we're looking to highlight. Um, but until then, it'll be a wrap for now. We'll be right back uh, with our motivational moments. All right, we are back, friends, and this is your motivational moment. As we approach the holiday season, uh, it can be really difficult to just get up. <laughs> it can be really difficult to be productive um, simply because we're dealing with seasonal depression, we're dealing with grief, we we're dealing with challenges uh, that people cannot always see. And we talked last week about just doing it. Uh, but this week, I just want to take a moment to remind you that you are not alone. Though it may feel that way at times, though it may be difficult, and though the challenges may come, they form, no doubt about that. 
one thing we do know is that the challenges never prosper. And so remember today and tomorrow and the next day after that, that you are not alone. There's a support circle around you. There are people who love you and care for you and who rely on you. And if not, or if you don't know who they are, you can start with me. I care about you. I'm here for you. And I love you. Until next time, be well. Well, friends, we have done it again. Thanks so much for listening and for watching. This has been Lawyerish, a podcast for the people. It has indeed been a fantastic voyage. A little bumpy at times, but fantastic nonetheless. A shout out to my folks, Marcel, Juan, Rael, Blackground International, and our friends at Mad Rabbit for helping to produce this episode. Shout out to Lakeside for our voyage vibe today. Remember, we're powered by Apex, where aptitude meets excellence. Join us next week as our guest will be Simone Stone Esquire, an employment attorney, and William Kellibur IV. He's a renowned activist, advocate, and organizer, and so much more. We've got the scoop on his next big move. You're not going to want to miss this. We'll see you next week. Until next time, be well.